3: Welcome everybody to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick. Joining me uh, today, first time that uh, we've gotten to uh, to work together, first time our Pack-A-Day Podcast paths have crossed, it's uh, Steve Perhatch. Steve, how you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good. We've already had our first technical uh, difficulty and, you know, six minutes <laughs> in we got all of a sudden dumped by Zencaster, so... Round two is going to be even better than round one. So I'm excited to talk some Packers, some Redskins, all that kind of good stuff.
3: All the good stuff. And and it's too bad because, I mean, we were in probably the best stuff of the podcast when we got dumped. And that was the whole, uh, this little mini saga of the, um, the prompt return position for the Packers. And uh, you know, it starts with Tremont Smith getting released today and uh simultaneously the Packers picking up uh from waivers, Tyler Irving, the kick return specialist, waived by Jacksonville, and then uh, the third person into the room, uh, you know, kind of the big bird busting down the door meme, Trevor Davis, comes back onto the waiver wires. He's released by the Oakland Raiders and um yeah, you you, you Trevor you were going on about it, uh steve about how just the circumstances surrounding trevor davis this year has been that i mean that i was gonna say it's almost that's almost patriot level move to trade a guy for a pick and then claim him back again off of waivers when he gets cut by the other team like that's something that bill belichick would do
2: yeah i mean the only thing missing is like basically the Raiders paying him like this huge price tag, like this huge, like $10 million salary. And then all of a sudden he would come back to the Packers at like $1 million. That'd be the only yeah. <laughs> thing missing, but I'm totally on board with that metaphor. That totally makes sense to me. Look, it's with Ramon Smith. It, you know, they tried him out and it was awesome. He had a three yard return and then fumbled it. Um I I am very willing to see what else we can get out of this Irvin kid. If, if he can do something, that's great. And if they can make a move for Trevor Davis and put that waiver claim in and he falls all the way down to them, even better. That's somebody who can immediately jump right back in, knows the system, knows the offense was able to be into it uh, preseason the first couple of weeks. So, I mean, if Trevor Davis is there, I mean, I think that's the move over. uh, I mean, you can just cut this Irvin kid then right away and, uh, put him back out on the waiver wire, and and, and all of a sudden you've got uh, an upgraded special teams unit. Which, I mean, to think that we we all thought Ron Zuck being fired was going to be awesome, and that how how could it be worse? How could it be worse? <laughs> it got worse. It definitely got worse. So, anything they can do to you know inject a little bit of life into this special teams is something that they definitely need to do immediately.
3: Yeah, definitely. And you know, I I don't think you're trying. You're you're definitely not trying to find the long-term answer at this point because I don't think, you know, at week uh, 13, 14 of the season, you're trying to find, uh, you know, you're not going to fix whatever's, whatever's wrong with the, the punt system or the, the special teams unit with this team. To me, I don't think it gets fixed by one single person. But, yeah, I agree. You know, you got to do at least pretty much anything you can to try and it, improve the, uh, you know, the negative, what is it, negative eight Yard uh, punt return average that you're running on this week, and Tremont Smith uh, finishing off with zero point zero uh, average in that that three yard punt return last week. The fumble, I think honestly, did the fumble go farther than he actually ran the ball forward? Like, I don't think that's a joke. I think he literally fumbled the ball forward farther. I mean, it, than it, it honestly returned w- the
2: punt. Wouldn't shock me if that was true. Um, it just was one I, I was watching the game and I sat there. I was like, oh. That's positive yards. That's positive. Oh, he fumbled. Okay. Yep, that's about <laughs> right. That's about right. Um, I forget, But I did see this. This was outstanding uh, tweeting by Rob Domofsky, though, uh, saying that the Packers uh, could use the new running back Tyler Irvin claimed off waivers Monday. He has a career punt return average of 8.3 yards, which is 9.2 yards better than the Packers, Packers season <laughs> average. Like, oh, my yeah. God. It's, it's so bad.
3: Well, I mean, literally, like, just catching the ball and falling forward, you know, averages more than what's been going on. So I, there's really – that I mean, we've hit rock bottom at this point. So, uh, you know. It seems
2: like after that uh, that one muff punt by Shepard, basically mm-hmm. they just said, don't care what you think you should do, fair catch it. Just fair yeah. catch it every single time. And the few times that they haven't have been, like, horrific. It's just been – a clown car, like you said, just a clown car of rotating people back there that just nobody's been able to do anything.
3: Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been disappointing. One thing, not disappointing though, Steve, um, as we kind of, we, we turn and look, um, this week to the Redskins coming up on Sunday, looking at, you know, just stuff to keep an eye on this weekend moving forward into as we get closer to, to Sunday, one thing, not disappointing, uh, we have to talk about Brian Bulaga uh, in his play on Sunday, and I think that now, from from now on, the rest of the season, whether you know it's the regular season and however far into the playoffs, I think a storyline every single week you have to be looking at with this team is the health of Brian Bulaga, because I, I, in no way, shape, or form did I expect Brian to be able to play on Sunday after, you know, the, the injury that they were talking about, he, you know, suffered, uh, against San Francisco and to really essentially, he only missed or he missed just the second half of that game against San Francisco. And to come back and play the way he did in New York this past week was absolutely fantastic because it wasn't just a, a hang in there and, and get by the, by the skin of your teeth kind of deal. He played every single snap and he looked pretty damn good.
2: I was shocked. Uh, yeah. I mean, every, like, we had talked after the injury, I remember on the Thursday edition of just what are they going to do? Like, who's going to step up? Who, you know, there's all these names like Valdir was signed and all these things like out of retirement and how would he be able to step in right away and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, you just see tweets coming out like, oh, no, Brian Blog is starting. What is happening? You're like, <laughs> okay, um, and then just played his ass off and just did everything that was asked of him. What he needed to do. Uh, I mean, if, if he is not making a case to be paid again, I, I, I I've got nothing for you. Then I, I literally have nothing because the man is playing on a sprained MCL and should not have been playing and just did everything that needed to be done. So for me, I, I love Brian Balaga. I love his monotone voice nonstop. Um, if you guys listened last week, I did a, a nice imitation. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> thank you. I, Dusty and Sarah don't like to give me a lot of credit. So we're <laughs> outside validation, I definitely need it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, he's done everything he needs to do. And I mean, hats off to that man.
3: Yeah, big time. And yeah, I, I think because... You know, when it it was leading up to it and, you know, my family's all together for Thanksgiving, we're talking about stuff and it was, you know, like, oh, well, they're talking about kicking Billy Turner out to tackle and moving Lucas Patrick in. We're all talking about how that affects, you know – Everything moving forward, you know, we're going to get to see what Billy Turner could do as a, as a tackle and, uh, you know, how great Lucas Patrick has been playing and how this could spell the end for Bulaga. And then, yeah, just like you said, like just completely surprised to see on Sunday morning that he was going to be active and then even start and, and just an, an outstanding game uh, in that Giants game. And so, um, you know, as we as we look at Sunday against the Redskins, we kind of take a look back at the Giants game and see how it, you know, kind of percolates into this week. Um, for me, Steve, at this point in the season, after what we kind of saw Sunday and you know, it, it's hard to be upset with the kind of score and outcome of the game that happened on Sunday, but there's definitely a lot of talk about, you know, still not the crispest uh, offense or defensive performance on either side. I think, Kind of continuing now throughout the rest of the year too. What I'm looking for isn't so much how the players kind of produce or uh, you know or play every single week. I think now at this point the 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 thing has to be how and uh, like how are the coaching staff and what are the coaching staff doing to implement offensive and defensive game plans successfully? Because um, you know we've seen that we have. The players. Like, the, the players are there. The talent is there on offense and defense. And when they're in a groove, it's productive. But we haven't seen it implemented consistently each week. And I think that falls back, ultimately, on Matt LaFleur and... Um, Why am I blanking on his name? I I said it about – I yelled it about 30 (laughs) times on Sunday. I can't believe I blanked on his name. Uh, But, yeah, I think ultimately it falls on LaFleur and Pettin now at this point that they've shown you what they can do. Now you just have to find a way to implement it each and every week successfully, which they haven't done yet.
2: Completely agree with you. Um, Love where your head's at. I think my biggest takeaway coming out of Sunday uh, was – as much as as it's painful, it was still patience. It was the fact that this Mm -hmm. is still a first year uh, head coach, a first time head coach, and he's still learning the ways of how to do Mm -hmm. all these things. And you can say like, you can talk to your red in the face, but it takes a lot to be able to command an entire team and also run an entire offense. So I'm still giving it a little bit of pass. Um, There's still some time there, but I mean, I feel like it's, it's getting there. It's getting to where it needs to be, and I, like, I don't want the Packers to have peaked yet. I don't want that because you look at teams that peak too early; that those aren't the teams that go to the Super Bowl. The team that won the Super Bowl last time for the Packers—they didn't peak too early. They peaked right near the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the type of thing I'm looking for, and I'm hoping that, like you said, that they start to analyze a little bit more um, and see the things that that seem obvious to a lot of us, you know, I, I jump right to the Alan Lazard slash uh, Geronimo Allison. Like to me, there needs to be a flip. There needs to be a flip there of getting out, Al- getting Lazard the ball more than, or snap wise, getting, getting Lazard the more snaps than Allison. Um, and overall, I said this before the game, I wanted these next two weeks To be just some get right weeks and some get some of that swagger, that confidence back. Look, the defense isn't going to become amazing in the next couple of weeks. It's just not, it's not going to happen as much as we all want it to. But the way that they came back and they only gave what they gave up three points in the second half, I think uh a bunch of a bunch of picks like that kind of stuff you you're playing a rookie quarterback but i just wanted that i wanted that swagger i wanted that confidence in those things that you're gaining by by taking the ball away from teams giving the offense a short field and having them convert into touchdowns like those are the things that you can build and if you take that in leading into the redskins game and against another rookie quarterback if you can get that swagger back start getting a couple of picks against some good teams get some sack fumbles that kind of stuff then you're starting to trend into the right direction. So I was, I was happy with the way things went. I mean, the 31 13, the score was more lopsided than I felt the game was, Mm
1: -hmm. but
2: overall I'm, I was happy with it. And I think, you know, to steal McCarthy um, terminology is, you know, you want to stack those successes. So you go into next week, beat the Redskins and then, uh, start the, start the real heart and, uh, of the schedule.
3: Yeah. And, and I don't, and I'll, I'll second that too. I, I think that LaFleur gets a, gets, has to get at least a pass. Um, I think at least for this full season, I, I yeah, think really. Gonna, yeah, yeah.
2: Like you said, there's, and I said, there's going to be bumps in the road. A first year mm-hmm. rookie head coach. I mean, he's nine and three. The rest of the rookie head coaches have sucked this year. Like not even close. Right. So he is going to, there's going to be some bumps along the way. And you like to think, Coming out of what is all of his losses, he's come out with a win right after that. I mean, that's that's an impressive thing for a head coach. Um, Like, so they haven't gone on a losing streak, which is great. Um, And but there are there's going to be things that he needs to figure out and things he's never accounted for. And it's great that he's got Patton there who has the head coaching experience and can lean on, but again, there's still going to be lumps. And we had talked about this all throughout the preseason, all throughout the offseason. It's a new head coach. There's going to be a learning curve, and he's gotten it for the most part. But we can't just expect perfection the whole damn time.
3: Right. Yeah. And and I think, too, you know, you're talking about him. He's trying to get comfortable as a head coach. And then, you know, also simultaneously all the players are trying to get used to him as the head coach, which I think you can kind of uh, correlate into – The fact that we've seen, and I know that he had trouble with this last year as well under McCarthy, but Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's been, you know, talked about ad nauseum of, you know, running the play clock down to three, two seconds. uh, You know, I I think that that's been an issue too. And I think that kind of points back to, you know, not the entire offense still not being comfortable in their own skin just yet. And so, um, yeah, that's, I think that's what, I just what I want to look for that. As as the season goes on, because you get these two uh, easy games against the Giants, and now you got the Redskins this week, and then you know you finish back off again with the 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 end of the division. There, it, it, this is this is a time to kind of uh, you know it, it's it's a barometer. This whole season, I could you you could argue this whole season is just a barometer to begin with. Um, you know, I I don't think there was a I don't know if there's a realistic expectation to go out and. Win a Super Bowl at this point, at least not, at least not for me at this point of of what I've seen so far. I don't know if this is a team that should that says they deserve to be a um, a front runner ahead of teams like Seattle and San Francisco for a Super Bowl. But the, as a whole, this whole season is really I feel like just a barometer for next season of how has Aaron Rodgers and Lafleur fit together in this new offense and. Where do the rest of these pieces kind of fall in place, and you know what happens next season. Really, at this point, everything is just kind of gravy for me at, on the offensive side.
2: I can see where you're coming from completely because I mean, there were I think like prediction wise, it was all over the board of you know the Packers are going to be right. six and ten, they're going to be eight and eight, they're going to be thirteen and three. So, it, like at the beginning of the year, I think we all kind of said. No damn clue what the hell is going to happen. But let me throw this dart at the uh, dartboard and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And um, I think right now I'm I am I'm quietly confident of, you know, it's, it's yeah. always been with the NFL. You get into the dance and you see what happens and see who gets right. hot. And that is the one reason I'm holding on to hopes of it's not just – the Seattle's it's not just the San Francisco's those teams that are right near the top but if you get in there and you guys start to catch a little bit of fire and a little bit of confidence a little bit of swagger that you're building up right now like that's exactly what you want going into the NFL playoffs like if it was uh hockey or if it was the the MLB I would tell you like I want the best team there but it, it seems like the NFL is just you need to be the hot team at the right time so they're I understand completely where you're going with this, but I think for me I'm I'm still quietly optimistic that this is a Super Bowl team.
3: Yeah, no, and I, I I totally I totally agree um with with the the viewpoint that I think it's one hundred percent because I I I feel the same way about um you know the playoffs. Uh I think I saw once I think I saw Andrew Brandt on Twitter once, uh said this a couple of years ago and I, it always stuck with me and I really like how it's described an NFL GM's job isn't to design a team to win the Super Bowl. It's to design a team to make the playoffs because then once you get into the playoffs, literally anything can possibly happen at that point. Uh which is exactly what you just said right there. And yeah, this this team has the ability to get hot and, you know, I mean, really, it's just you win three games. You can win three games in a row, uh, you know, to to win to win a Super Bowl or, or four games or whatever. And you know th- that, yeah, this team has the ability to do it. For me, it's more of you know, this isn't this isn't a team that um, for me is an odds-on kind of favorite, like like sure. a Baltimore or you know something like that, um, where at this point, yeah, like I basically get into the playoffs and whatever happens is is extra on top of it if it's a first round knockout if it's a, a a super bowl win anything in between i'm totally you know fine with as long as it just wasn't the last two years at this point <laughs> as i say it's
2: right you know we we've been out, yeah. the packers <laughs> have been out of the playoffs for the last year so <laughs> anything of getting back in there like if i told you that the packers were sitting at what nine and three at the end of Week 13, people would have been ecstatic at the beginning of the week. Oh, yeah. But no, we find our ways to complain and moan and all that kind of good stuff on Twitter. So, Yeah,
3: uh, we definitely come from a place of privilege, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking just ahead to this week now, talking about the Redskins, Steve, just a simple question. Is this a more dangerous team than the Giants? Because I think when you kind of look at it, when you were looking at this before the Giants game, People looked at New York and Washington as two weeks, and it kind of felt like they were both, uh, you know, they were they were the same kind of shade of gray. You know, it's they're both rookie quarterbacks on really bad teams. Uh, but for me, I just I just don't know if it's maybe I'm getting caught up in the moment of their big win against Carolina last week. But I mean, this is a, this is a it feels like a more dangerous offense than the giants was this past week. It starts with Adrian Peterson and Darius guys, obviously on the ground. Uh, but yeah. W- what are your thoughts on, on the the skins this week?
2: Yeah, I think my bigger takeaway is Darius guys. Not uh, I mean, Haskins is in there and doing his thing and rookie quarterback. So I still feel like there'll be a mistake or two that can be capitalized on by the Packers, but uh, it's the running back because he's, he's had all the talent. He's coming off the injury And finally had like his big breakout game this last game and, uh, going for 129 yards, two touchdowns. Um, all, all I'm saying, like, I understand it. I'm just saying, I don't, I'm not too scared. I think, I think the Packers will take care of business, especially being at home. Uh, that's, I think that's the biggest case for me, not having to travel out to Washington, um, Weather I think should be pretty good. Um, I, I actually didn't really I haven't really looked lately, but uh, Sunday, yeah, shouldn't be too bad up there in Green Bay. Um, honestly, I mean, I feel like their defense hasn't been great up and for uh, for the Redskins. Obviously, there's a couple guys you can key on here and there for their edge rushers, but overall, it's it's one of those things. As as we've talked again, it's another point to just kind of take and see. Does this Coaching staff, are they able to prepare their guys for a game that they should win? Are they able to prepare them and get them ready and have them execute the things that they need to do? So it'll be interesting. I am still would be predicting a Packers victory. I'm not too worried about it. But like you said, it's it's not a slam dunk. There's They have playmakers all over there on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. It's just executing and managing the things that they need to do. Uh, and we'll be able to see what happens on Sunday.
3: Yeah, and I, I think too we're we're recording this fairly late on Monday night, and the the Seahawks are starting to to blow the doors off of uh, the Vikings here, which really I think I think kind of uh, it, it can I you can kind of take it one of two ways. It feels like at first when I was looking at this, I was like, well, it almost in a weird kind of way, like psychological game. It'd be good for the Vikings to win because it kind of keeps that fire under the Packers as they move forward each week. And you're dealing with teams like the Redskins and then the Bears, you know, the following week of, you know, there's this team nipping right at your heels. You need to be on every single week. But with the Viking, if the Vikings end up losing this game here tonight, um, it really it, it nullifies the importance of that Vikings game in week 16 if the Packers can win out the rest of their schedule outside of the Minnesota game. So really I think you could make an argument that now this Redskins game, there's almost kind of a blood in the water kind of feeling where you have the opportunity to go up even more on your division rival. And, uh, you know, it's not so much a look ahead week now. It's a let's, uh, let's, you know, take care of business this week and make things a little bit easier for us down the line too.
2: Yeah, totally agree. I mean, it, it it's definitely helpful. I mean, it was, you know, almost a Sophie's choice of, like, who do I want to win this game? I just, <laughs> they both suck. I don't want either of these people. But it, 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 it's just kind of the way that it, it rolled tonight. Uh, there's a bunch of injuries, too, which will actually be super interesting. I mean, yeah, Dalvin uh, Cook going down. um To a Stephon Stephon Diggs on the same play going down, so that will be very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Because I mean, without those two guys, that's a completely different team. I mean, I know Madison is he's he's actually a pretty talented back, but I mean, Dalvin Cook's been just unstoppable this year. So to lose him would be huge. To lose Stephon Diggs would be huge. I mean, they're just getting Adam Thielen back. It will be very interesting to see, but. I mean, you're absolutely right. The, looks like the Vikings are going to lose this game, and if they do, I mean, Packers can just go all—what is it? All gas, no effing break, and uh, right. step on the throat. And I mean, if they can win that game, December 23rd as well, then I mean, done and done. I love it.
3: Yeah, you gotta—you love to see it. Uh, anything? Any final thoughts, kind of uh, on on this week, Steve? Anything? Um... You know that you that you might be looking for this week, uh, whether it be the the week leading up in practice or um, you know in in the game this Sunday against the Redskins. Anything you know that we haven't touched on yet?
2: Uh, The only thing I had noticed, a couple things was the fact that there's a huge uh, slew of Packers defenders that are out at the Bucks game tonight which is just awesome. So there's a couple of of videos floating around uh, on Twitter and everything like that, which is just outstanding. Like, you love to see them actually hanging out with each other outside of the locker room, which is really cool. Uh, And with that, obviously, the leader of the group, Zadarius Smith, is now leading the NFL with 28 quarterback hits. Um, So I think my biggest takeaway, too, from all this just a just a huge kudos to uh, Brian Gutekunst, just taking a swing in free agency, which has been rarely done, but just connecting like completely connecting on these two outside rushers, like it's just such a breath of fresh air, and I, just a, a, a it was a huge need, a huge need. That's all we talked about was who are they going to draft? Who are they going to draft? And I mean. They've got they've got two edge rushers. They've got Rashawn Gary, who they're bringing along slowly, which I know pisses people off. I don't fully understand it, but let the kid learn. Like it's a good thing. Um, I mean that. I'm just sitting. I, it, the Packers are nine and three. I'm unbelievably happy about it, and that's pretty much all I got.
3: Yeah. Well, let, let me throw you one one small uh, one small curveball here, Steve. All right. I, I, because I listen to your guys' episodes, <laughs> this is
2: gonna be good. I can tell.
3: <laughs> and you, you guys, you guys are, you guys are the culture setters. I feel like of the Pack a Day group here. Um, you know, you guys talk and people listen. Uh, I need you to settle a debate for me that we had at my Thanksgiving over this past Ooh, weekend.
2: This is gonna be good.
3: Now I, I I'll say. It's not as great as some of the you know the previous like the or like uh, you know the the Oreo controversies and and, and things like that. You know, I'm
2: always down for food controversy, so let's get like yeah, don't okay. worry about. Well,
3: it. well, okay, hold on. It's not it's not food related, okay? It, 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 but it, it's Packer related. But I want to get I want to get your take on this. So obviously the NFL is doing this whole NFL greatest team roster of the year or of the last hundred years, and we've seen them you know yep. uh, reveal the different position groups. You know, so far Reggie White's the only Packer to make it on the list. It's pretty early, but um, you know the quarterbacks are coming up, and we had this raging debate. You know, I, I think they said they're only gonna there's gonna be ten on this all time roster. Which quarterback from the Packers oh. makes it? <laughs> if if you could make an argument, because I think that, I mean there was a, fr- a fraction of the family that says. You know, it's not a guarantee that a Packer quarterback makes that list. I mean, this is a hundred years of of NFL quarterbacks that we're talking about, and really, there's only three quarterbacks for the Packers that have a you know a, a sniff at this list. And, um, you know, I think you can ma- you could make a really good argument for all of them mm-hmm. to be on the list, but I think you could also make an argument to not put them on the list. You know, especially. If if you go down the list, you've got at least like Brady, Montana, are locked. So I mean, now you're down to eight positions. Is there a quarterback spot on that list for a Packer quarterback? Uh,
2: absolutely, there has to be. Like, right? It's just it'd be blasphemy if there was. I mean, you've got Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You, you it's one of those things. Like, it, it's it's also a highly debated thing in my my family as well. Like, it was uh, a very very heated at times because it was. Do you love the Packers or do you love Brett Favre? Like back mm-hmm. in the day, that was a big one. Me and my my middle brother, we were always on the I love the Packers. So if they're moving on to Aaron Rodgers, that's what I think they need to need, need to do. Uh, my brother and my dad were like, "You don't remember how bad the Packers used to be." <laughs> like, Brett Favre was our savior. Like, it's it's so I, like I completely understand the whole back and forth. I would say. Honestly, I think there should be. I think there should be two. I think it should be um, Favre and Rogers. I mean, I, I know that all some of the uh, older folk will be yelling if they do know what a podcast is and are listening to it. Uh, and believe me, Bart Starr is right up there. And I think the sentimental heartstrings could potentially get him into it. I don't know, but I mean, Brett Favre was just amazing. And like, there's nothing else to it. I mean, the way that he was able to just stay on the field time and time again, when he should not have been, um, and the records that he set, all those things, I mean, he is for sure a top 100 player. And like, we're living, we're living through greatness again. And just because it's happening right now does not mean that Aaron Rodgers isn't a top 100 player. So I would say the way that he plays the game, um, the way he protects the ball, all of those things combined, like he is just like a tactician. Like he understands the game so much better than so many other quarterbacks have and is able to process the game quicker and all those wonderful things which make us so spoiled in Green Bay. All of Wisconsin as fans, um, I would take those two if we have to say that. I would say we're probably not going to get three out of the top 10 quarterbacks. (laughs) So if we do, I would say that those, those would be the two that I would say should get in.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. It's just, you just don't know how, you know, how they, how are they going to, how are they going to decide it? You know, what, what, what criteria are you using? Because, you know, trust me, I have to hear every, every, (laughs) every day here in Detroit, you know, It's well, Aaron Rodgers uh, can't be the greatest of all time because he doesn't have more than one Super Bowl ring, and Mm, you know all of this stuff, which is you know uh, ironic on a metaphor or a uh, metaphysical level, coming from Detroit Lions fans um, to be to be saying anything about that. Uh, But yeah, I, I agree. I think I think those two, if you if you were just going on. Ability and what they did throughout their careers, and you know, throw out record, you know, win loss record, throw out Super Bowl rings, everything like that. Just guys that could come out and play the game. I, I, I think you have to make a serious case to put both of those on there. But uh, yeah, that trust me that we avoided all politics this year and, and stuck with uh, arguing uh, if it wasn't the NFL quarterback list, it was are you team Kevin King or team T J Watt. Uh, so it was a it was a loud Thanksgiving in my household uh this past weekend.
2: Oh that's a, um, that's a good one. I um I got into the Taysom Hill argument with my brother. Oh no Which was uh, outstanding. Uh he scored a touchdown and my was like, Ooh, wish we had him I'm like Ugh. <laughs> God. Like, I can't do this right now. I just can't do this.
3: <laughs> like you, you, it's almost you just wanna be like, so how about all that stuff going on in <laughs> Russia, huh? <laughs> Let's move on.
2: <laughs> Can we talk about politics? Let's just talk about politics
3: instead of the Packers. Well, uh, Steve, this was a blast. I had I had a good time uh, recording with you here. Um, you know, this was a lot of fun uh, for you guys listening. I hope you guys enjoyed our time together uh, on the episode. Make sure that you stick with us the rest of the week as we get ready for the Redskins this week. Uh, Make sure that you like, subscribe, rate, review, all of that fun stuff uh, for the podcast. Totally helps us out. And follow us on Twitter, at Packaday Podcast. Steve and I are both on Twitter. I'm on there, at DK all the way. Steve, where can they find you?
2: I'm super original of mine. It's at Steve Perhatch. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
3: Exactly. All right. Well, guys, uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, until Steve and I are are the stars cross for us again, uh, we'll talk to you later. And as always, go Pack Go.